On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. That will never happen because I know what exactly has taken place in my life. A world champion on the field now shares his story to inspire young people and those in business. The cost of this year's Thanksgiving dinner. And in our business profile, we'll reintroduce you to the folks who produce that turkey for your Thanksgiving feast. This is the Iowa Business Report for Thanksgiving weekend 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Daryl Strawberry had an enviable Major League Baseball career. He was part of the New York Mets 1986 World Championship team and won three more championship rings in the 1990s with the New York Yankees. He played 17 seasons in the big leagues with four different teams. Much to be thankful for. But he also succumbed to the dark side of fame, leading to substance abuse. In fact, his career ended in 2000 due to a year-long suspension for cocaine use. These days, he shares his story of addiction and redemption. Earlier this month, he was in Iowa to talk with employees of Mud Advertising in Cedar Falls. During the visit to the area, he also spent time with those at the Iowa State Training School for Boys in Eldora. We spoke in Cedar Falls shortly after he returned from that training school visit. It's more of a conversation with uh, about bringing hope and faith into a, a darkness, a dark time. Uh, my own personal experience is being able to go through that. And I, I really think God doesn't use anybody that hasn't been in, been through something. It's always a place where he wants to use someone that has been through something uh, to bring about hope. Not that he can't use you if you haven't, but it's usually a, a very powerful demonstration uh, about what life is really all about once you get to see two sides of it. See, I got to see the side of it playing Major League Baseball and being at the top of the mountain. And you realize that at the top of the mountain, nobody's really there. Everybody project like they're your friends, you know, and when it's all over, said and done, then where's everybody? Everybody scatters. So you you get to learn some real valuable lessons in, in life when you experience that kind of life. And I've had a chance to experience that because I was very successful at what I was doing. Um, but I'm more successful at what I'm doing now. Uh, answering the call uh, from God more than anything and being able to help just the multitude of people. I, I could never imagine that playing Major League Baseball for 17 years and when, having, achieving all these great things, uh, that I would be a different person in a different place for a different mission. Uh, once about the time I was hitting home runs and fans were cheering for me, now I'm hitting home runs for the kingdom where I'm winning souls. You know, uh, learning Billy Graham and the old school ministers and evangelists and uh, the importance of loving people and, and making sure people understand that none of us are a mistake. Uh, we just accumulate a bunch of mistakes in life. I imagine also having come through what you went through, come out on the other side, there must be a level of gratitude and appreciation that, that you just could not possibly contain within yourself if you wanted to. No, I can't. I mean... A lot of gratitude to the fact that, you know, I had a wonderful mother. Um, when I was playing Major League Baseball, she was uh, never consumed with my baseball career, my success. 
she was more concerned about my life. Um, and, and that speaks very loud to me um, because she was behind the scenes when I was uh, struggling with a life of sin and addiction and she was behind the scenes, she was praying for me. She was praying that God would make me well. And she would die early at the age of 55 from terminal breast cancer. And I always tell people I'm living a legacy what she prayed for. Um, my mother had to die so I can live. And I, I'm grateful for it. So I'm, I'm truly experiencing that. And I'm, I'm running in such a different direction uh, and different purpose. And, and when I see people who uh, need hope, I, I want to be there to encourage them and make them, just to remind them that uh, the struggles of life are real. And don't give up. Don't give into it and say it's over and throw the towel in because you never know the miracle that could be on the other side. How difficult was it when you first started this ministry and this call? How difficult was it for people to accept it from you? Because again, they first knew of you with a bat in your hand, but then they also knew you were not that far removed from the life you just described of sin. It's got to be difficult to get that first audience to understand that you're a, a viable messenger, if you will. Well, of course, people are going to have their opinions and thoughts, but I, I, I think the most important thing that I learned through that process was just to re really stay f focused and stay accountable to God and, and not worry about what others may think. When I did that, I, he took care of the rest. I, I, yeah, at the beginning, people were thinking, yeah, well, maybe. We don't know. We're not for sure. We'll see how long it's going to last. And, you know, I've had a lot of people say that for, you know, when I was playing ball and, and a lot of people that knew me playing ball and players and stuff like that. Let's see how long it's going to last. Well, it's been kind of like over 20 years now, and they're still watching and they're waiting. And, and, and I guess I don't know if they're hoping that I may be coming back to a lifestyle, but that will never happen because I know what exactly is taking place in my life and it's been real it's been real it was real to me from the beginning uh, but I just had to grow into it I'm it, it, it's a calling that's very difficult it's very complicated it's not a very simple thing that you just wake up one day and say uh, this is what I want to do I want to uh, play major league baseball for 17 years and then I want to go in, into preaching the gospel that's just not that's not a, it's not a real thing <laughs> And it happened, and I'm grateful that, you know, the calling uh, the calling is greater than I could ever imagine. I don't want to make it about me. I want to always make it about God and, and, and never take for granted that, you know, I'm doing something special because I'm really not. He's doing it through me. With that, um, I can honor him in everything that I do. Obviously, when you deliver this message to people like the young men you saw earlier today at the state training school in Eldora. That's a certain audience. You're trying to save them from themselves and from the the temptations. When you're talking with people like those at Mud Advertising, this is a very successful business. What message can people in a business take? In, in other words, You've been a member of a team. You now play for the best manager around. What are some of the things that, from a business standpoint, these folks could potentially take away? That's a really good question, because, um, you know, being where I was earlier today, uh, you talk about the broken, hurting, and loss, and, and very confused. And then you talk about being here and the everyday people that's working for a business corporation. Um, but people really hide behind their own struggles, we all want to be well. We all want to feel free. We all want to have uh, true victory and experience that in life. And 
And it doesn't come through success, you know, and I think a lot of times we put success as the key point for us to make us feel well because once you get there and you have it it's like when you buy a new car it's going to get old and you're going to be like okay it's going to be over and but what I try to get to people to understand from the standpoint of uh, if working is a part of who we are and what we're supposed to do in life but who am I really working for am I working for me am I working for my children am I working for the gold am I working for to say okay uh, Lord I'm working for you to be a better person and to be a community person and to be a, a person of faith and to be a person that will show people how good you really are we see we don't I think a lot of times we don't get it we need to show people how good God really is we need to show people how great his grace is you know his grace is sufficient it's there for everybody it's just a matter of us uh, surrendering a lot of our own selfish will things that we have in our life and then he can operate inside us to be able to go back and use that to help somebody else. Because at the end of the day, it, it, it's all about uh, somebody else needs to hear a message of hope. Mm-hmm. And when one has received that, now he understands that. Now he knows how to live that in his life. And he does not make it about him, but he goes that, back and just shows the other people, no matter where we are and what we achieve, you can always be used to make a difference and help somebody else. And, and, and I think that's what this is all about. I think that's why... We look at just this nation in general, you know, we, we've gone backwards. You know, we, we've fallen into the darkness and, and the selfishness, self-centeredness, and, you know, just like a Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, and I think people are not paying attention, and we need to pay attention, and we need to, we need to ignite our young youth to what's important, and that's faith. We've gotten away from that. We've pushed that out, and we made everybody believe everything else is so much important, you know, the, you know, the social media, the TikTok, that talk, and, and all these things, and, and everybody's losing their way. And we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up here and pay attention uh, to what's important. Let me ask you finally, and I appreciate the time. So when people hear Daryl Strawberry is going to speak to a group of people at a business, I trust they assume it's going to be about teamwork and this is how you win a pennant and all of that sort of thing. You're talking about the individual being a better individual and that therefore makes them better in everything they do and oh, by the way, it might help in business. It makes you better in everything you do. I, I think we, we missed the point because if, if, if the idea is just about me and business, then I got it clearly wrong. But if the idea is bigger, uh, it brings a greater reward for what the team is all about. You know, because now we think on a different way and we act a different way. And it's not, it's not a self-centered way. You know, it, it, and good teams are always successful because their chemistry and they work together. Uh, and a lot of times when we work on the one-way road, uh, we're never successful. And, and that's why uh, I've learned that even playing on good teams and, and being able to play on the best team now and knowing how successful we can be as people when we come together and have the love and compassion and understanding and respect for each other and, and, and helping each other. Because everybody in, everybody in the business is not going to be in a great place. You know, some people are going to have really hard places, and we need to not – just look at them and say, well, that's their problem. We need to try to try to help them with their problem so that team can still have those people on and working towards the goal. Major League Baseball world champion Daryl Strawberry and I spoke in Cedar Falls on Thursday, November 2nd. 
He and his wife Tracy are the driving forces behind Strawberry Ministries, online at FindingYourWay.com. Still to come, some savings, but you still spent a lot. And later, learn more about the main item on your Thanksgiving table. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. It wouldn't be Christmas without Camp Courageous Fruitcakes. And they're now available in stores across Iowa and at campcourageous.org fruitcakes. Camp Courageous Fruitcakes are generously filled with cherries, nuts, pineapple, coconut, and just the right amount of cake batter to hold it all together. Best of all, proceeds go to support Camp Courageous near Monticello, Iowa. For a list of stores or to order online, go to campcourageous.org fruitcakes. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. You might have noticed a bit of a break when you purchased items for your Thanksgiving dinner this year as opposed to last, but it's still far more expensive than it was just a few years ago. The American Farm Bureau Federation's 38th Annual Thanksgiving Dinner Survey revealed that the average cost of a Thanksgiving dinner for 10 was $61.17 this year, Now, while that was down 4.5% from last year, last year was a record high, $64.05. What you paid this year was nearly $8 more than it cost you just two years ago. And as the Farm Bureau folks note, despite the year-over-year relief this year, the cost in 2023 is still 25% higher than in 2019 the year before the global pandemic. They say of the 11 individual items they track, the price increased this year for sweet potatoes, dinner rolls, a relish tray with celery and carrots, and pumpkin pie mix. Still, the cost per guest at Thanksgiving dinner is estimated at only $6.12. Coming up, One aspect of Iowa agriculture that, rather quietly, has national impact. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Hello, fellow Iowans. This is Michael Swanger, owner of Iowa History Journal. Pick up the November-December issue of Iowa History Journal to read our cover story about James Harlan, as well as stories about writer Ruth Succo, Iowa's first black football player, Frank Kenny Holbrook, the second part of our Behind Barbed Wires series about World War II POWs, and more. Get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Barnes & Noble, Ivy, Walmart, Books A Million, and iowahistoryjournal.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. There is nothing more traditional than the Thanksgiving turkey, so we thought it appropriate for a business profile segment at this time four years ago with Greta Irwin, Executive Director of the Iowa Turkey Federation, a rather vibrant part of Iowa's ag economy. 
Our conversation came just before that year's annual presidential turkey pardon. And in 2020, those turkeys came from Iowa. Iowa's turkey industry really stretches across our state, from northwest Iowa to central Iowa to southeast Iowa and and northeast Iowa as well. We have about 11 million turkeys that we raise in Iowa every year, and that's on about 130 Iowa family farms. And that puts us, what, number seven in the nation in terms of production? That's a statistic that, again, surprised me a bit. It is. Iowa has a very long tradition and history of raising turkeys. And I have a lot of family farmers who are second and third generation turkey farmers. And we have new families that have joined the turkey industry because livestock is one great way to add a new family member into the family farm. And when you're raising corn and soybeans, it's nice to have that diversity. Corn and soybeans is kind of why we have turkey production in Iowa. Our number one cost to raise a turkey is its feed. So the cost of corn and soybeans is very important to us in the turkey industry. And you get better quality corn and you get economical corn when you're closer to that source. So turkeys in Iowa are going to consume over 11 million bushels of corn and over 110,000 tons of soybean meal. So being close to our sources of the grain in Iowa and having those farmers and then processing those turkeys in Iowa, it's a great economic boost to the state of Iowa. Now, I live in a rural area, and I have wild turkeys that roam through the woods and onto my property. And I have to tell you, they look very different from the photos I see of what Iowa turkey producers are raising for harvest. Talk about the distinction between what I see just walking through my woods and the kind of bird I'm going to serve on Thanksgiving. As we all know, turkeys have been part of the North American continent for years and years and years and years. I mean, we can find turkey fossils back with the dinosaurs. And so turkeys were here when we colonized the United States. It was a critical food source for our Native Americans. And so to continue that tradition just makes sense. So the turkeys that we raise today are cousins of those wild turkeys we see out in our farm fields and in our backyards in Iowa. They look different because of some of the regulations and processing requirements that we have as consumers. So if you take a dark feathered turkey and you remove that feather um, from its pore, it will leave a dark speck in that skin pore. If we raise a white feathered turkey and we remove that feather, that color is not obvious. And so when we went to improved inspections for turkeys, we switched the colors of the feathers so that our inspectors could better inspect that turkey to ensure that it is a safe and wholesome product and there wasn't bruising or other imperfections on that skin of the turkey. So those turkeys we're raising in our barns today, they're cousins to those wild turkeys we see out in the field. And just a few simple changes to make sure that consumers are getting a safe, healthy product is all that the industry has done. What are some of the challenges that turkey producers face these days? Currently, the turkey industry is under just a little duress, like every small business, every company and business right now in the United States is adjusting to the markets due to COVID. We have seen a decrease in turkey production due to the decrease in sales of our turkey items. So if you go into a quick serve restaurant and you buy a deli sandwich, it has a large possibility that it came from an Iowa turkey farmer. In Iowa, we raise tom turkeys, which are the male turkeys, 
And those are further processed into deli meats, into other further processed products. So we as consumers have stopped traveling. We've stopped eating out as much. The deli meat sales have gone down, and that's had the largest impact right now on our industry. And going forward, we're just a little bit nervous just because we're not out and about as much and what impact that might have on our markets. I also wonder if people who think of Thanksgiving dinner in the traditional turkey forget about having turkey in some form at other times of the year. In other words, it's almost a victim of its own holiday success. It is. This tradition has definitely been a fabulous part of the U.S. and Iowa turkey industry. In reality, in Iowa, we're the fifth largest turkey processing state, and we do not do any whole birds. Everything gets further processed into the turkey sausages, the turkey bacon, the turkey bologna, the turkey deli meat, um, turkey hot dogs, all of those other products that we enjoy all year long. And so you're going to the Iowa State Fair, you're enjoying a turkey drumstick that's coming from Iowa. Um, you know, think of the turkey tenderloins that we like to pick up at the grocery stores and put on our grill. All those further processed products are coming from Iowa, and we're not doing any whole turkeys. Greta Irwin, Executive Director of the Iowa Turkey Federation, online at iowaturkey.org. We spoke via phone on Monday, November 23, 2020. And I look forward to meeting members of the Iowa Turkey Federation in person in early December, when I'll have the privilege of speaking at their 75th anniversary luncheon. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to TotallyIowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 18 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a safe Thanksgiving weekend and a prosperous week ahead. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.